everyone. Welcome to Morning Matcha. Today's guest is Katie Dalebout. She's an author, a podcaster, and just all around amazing human. We love her. She writes a monthly column at on the fullest website. And she also has a book called Let It Out, which is all about journaling. And you can find it at Barnes and Noble. Hi. Hi. Or everywhere where the book, where they yeah, have the books. Yeah. It's <laughs> libraries Barnes and, Noble and everywhere else too. <laughs> yeah. But shout out to, to Come in-person bookstores. <laughs> yeah. Go to Barnes and Noble and get the fullest yeah. magazine and Katie's book. Get yourself and then get yourself a saffron latte and just read. Exactly. Because <laughs> we'll be there soon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's so nice to be here with you it's today. It's so nice to be here with you. We've had like a lot of chatting before this and I'm a glad lot. we get to like keep chatting for an hour. I know it's so funny because obviously you have your own podcast so you know what it's like but whenever I don't know what you do before you interview people but I'm always like I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to know anything totally. because I want everything recorded. Yeah. And there are just so many juicy things that I think people will still miss out on because we'll go over it and we'll forget and but that's also the fun of having a podcast because, and I want to talk to you about yeah, that yeah, yeah. because you also support people in starting their own podcast, which I think is so wonderful. Yeah. And that I never, when you launched that, what's it called? Let your podcast out. Yeah. Let a podcast out. Yeah. It's yeah. so cool. And when you launched that, I thought that was so cool because oh, it's not as it's simple, but it doesn't seem simple. It seems really overwhelming when mm-hmm. you Totally. Feel like you have something to say, but you don't have the support system to get you to start it. But you meet so many incredible people. Yeah. And I was just thinking about how my, much my life has changed since starting one. Yeah. And I'm just curious, well, did you start with your podcast? No. So, well, just to pick up on what you said, I say this in the course, but I always say that I think podcasting is the new networking. Yeah. Like if you want to meet people and have a conversation with them and get an hour of their time, start a podcast yeah. because it's a relatively low ask. You're asking for someone's time. You know, I don't have to prepare anything when I'm doing a podcast. You just have to show up mm-hmm. and, you know, ultimately you're doing them a favor. And I think in mentoring and in networking, that's what you want. Yeah. That like two-sided relationship, not just a take. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, I, I started, I, I don't know if you know this, but I had a blog called The Wellness Wonderland that oh. I started in college. Um, that was, you know, this is the height of blogging. Yeah. So this is, I graduated in 2012. So I started doing this through college. We're and, the same age then. Yeah. And it was, it was great. It was, you know, I had this, my college job was renting, like we're, what we're around right now, video equipment. I studied journalism. So I worked in the journalism building, renting out video equipment to the students. So essentially like it was technically, I was supposed to like answer questions on the equipment, but I was the only girl that worked there and I didn't know how to work the equipment. So they just let me, basically I got paid to work on my computer and like read blogs. So eventually (laughs) my boyfriend at the time was like, you should do that. And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, he happened to be a graphic designer. So he built me a website and then I, I had a blog. So cool. And then two years later, or maybe, maybe just a year later. Cause I started my podcast in 2013, wow. which is pre serial before yeah. people really knew what podcasts were. And, you know, I've been doing it for seven years now, which That's is amazing. crazy. But at the time it was really the same thing. I, I had moved away from the town I grew up in and I was really is that where you went to school. Yeah. So oh, I went okay. to school and I grew up in a college town. My mm-hmm. grandfather coached basketball. So 
I went to school in the same place that I grew up, which was really hard for me. Like I really, all I wanted to do was move to New York. Like I didn't know how to do it. And I didn't, I, I didn't have any, you know, our friend Lacey's terms expanders. Like I didn't know that was possible for me. Um, and so I, anyway, I started this, this podcast was really a way to meet essentially role models and people I wanted to learn more about and talk to. And so the same thing sort of happened. I had that same boyfriend and I was like, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was an early adopter because like we were saying before we were recording, I don't have a TV. I was really, I was living by myself. I didn't have very many friends. Mm -hmm. So listening to podcasts, like, you know, NPR and, you know, fresh air and this American life. And I was like, I could do that. Like as if it was easy. I love Um, that. What's your sign? Taurus. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know that much about Taurus. I just know they're stable, but I thought maybe like I had to do with that because you're like, I can do it. I'll take it on. I'll yeah, figure it out. But, I, I, but I'm also someone who's like, like you said, with the, with the course, like if I can't find the remote, I just won't watch TV. You're yeah. like, if I can't, like if it gets I'm too like much, that. I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. So that's why I made eventually, you know, since I've been doing this for so long, I'm sure you get, I actually know for a fact that you get questions all the time. Of like, how do you start a magazine? Yeah. But I got so many questions of how do you start a podcast? Like what, what microphone do you use this and that? And I got so sick of writing the email over and over and over again that I made like a form Google doc that I would like send people. And it was happening so much of like friends of friends of friends that I was like, I feel like maybe I could like monetize something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I'd never sold anything before because my book, like, you know, the publisher does that. I don't do any. So I was like, it has to be really, really good. So I took months and I made this like eight module course on everything from concept and developing it and getting it on iTunes to interviewing, which is my favorite part. And then the technology and getting it up on iTunes. And I was like, well, that's not good enough. And so then I interviewed over a dozen other podcasters and producers and other people and how they do it. And then I made a contest element. So then everyone who makes a podcast through the course can submit to me a clip or a full episode. And then I choose one of them to air on the let it out podcast. So I feel like it incentivizes people to actually use it because Mm -hmm. I've done so many courses and things that I've just done half of it and left it. Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) but I like totally made you get sidetracked. I want to go back to your story about moving to New York. Yeah. Well, that was somewhat recent. Like I've only been there for just over two years. So I moved to Detroit and that's where I was living. And I worked full time in marketing until just last September. So, Oh my gosh. So you had your podcast this whole time. Yeah. I had a podcast. I wrote a book. I got a book deal. I did all of this alongside having a full-time job. That's amazing. And I'm someone that, you know, like I self funded and self started and it was just the way I had to, it was like a means to an end, you know? And somebody said to me the other day, they were like, you're really hard worker. And I was just like, I'm just trying, I'm just living. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I, I, I don't know. I, having that job was, I didn't have to put the pressure on my full-time work to make Mm -hmm. money because I was supporting myself through this other way. And it wasn't my dream job. It wasn't what I always wanted to do, but I got pretty good at it, that it could be easy and I could be flexible with it. So I could put my energy towards this other thing, but then ultimately, and we can talk about this too. Last year, I just really experienced burnout for the first time. And I was just like, doing too much spread so thin it wasn't good for my relationships and New York is already a lot for the nervous system but anyway to answer your question two years ago I just asked my full-time job they were based in Manhattan so I was going back and forth quite a lot a couple times 
um, a month. And then I was just like, could I move here? And if you don't ask, you'll never get a yes or no. So I was so nervous, but they were like, okay, sure. And so I I did it. And and that was, you know, that brought its own, a lot of learning and Mm -hmm. a lot of growth because I think that city, as you know, um, someone said this on my podcast once, it's a town of extremes. So your highs are really high and your lows are ultimately very low. That's a really good way of putting it. I'm kind of a, that as a person, I feel things way up here and then way down here. Mm -hmm. And I'm always kind of trying to get here. Mm -hmm. What about moving there? Like what were your expectations and how has it been? Because I think I always want to move to New York. I mean, that's just not in my cards. And I know my family's here and we're super close and Persian family and like being far for them would be so difficult that I will always feel torn. Yeah. But, um, but it's always something like that just seems greener on the other side. I've done it in LA. Like I, I think just a move to LA is probably the smart thing for me, but I don't know. I'm just curious what. And it's funny because I feel that way about LA now too. Yeah. It's like, I think it's grass is always greener and moving is always so alluring. And I've been thinking about this a lot and changes that have been happening in my life. Like even traveling, you know, it's like, I, I went to Paris for the first time basically by myself this year. And I saw that. <laughs> yeah. And I when followed I, you the whole way. Yes. And I saw the fullest and it made, like, made me feel at home Aww. and cozy. Um, but I, it was funny because it's like, that, that cheesy quote, that's like probably on a t-shirt or like on a stupid Instagram meme, but like wherever you go, there you are, you know, like I went to Paris and was like, here, I'll feel okay. If I move to LA, then everything will be great. If you move to New York and it's like, wherever you go, there you are. But for a minute you get that hit of dopamine of like, this is new, this is different. So of course, two years ago when I got there and I did this thing that like, as a kid, I thought would make all of my problems great. Yeah. You get a hit of it. It's a drug newness. I think as humans, we all want novelty. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we're searching for. And then I got that. And then, you know, it was like, but now I need the next thing. I need the next thing. And that's just being a person. Yeah, it really is. I love that. I love the way that you shared that too, because I was recently in London. I was like, oh my gosh, actually, it's not New York that I want to live in. It's London that I want to live in. And I just want to live here at least like three, four times a year. And you just like go through these things. And there are, especially in our line of work, I mean, uh, there's so many people we could connect with and then expand and go from there. But ultimately it really comes back to like, why are we doing all this to begin with? And I think it's so that we can work on ourselves and be more involved in the world, but not get caught up in like, I need to be, I mean, what's so beautiful about our generation is that we can literally connect with people all over the world and not have to be there. Yeah. And that's also more eco-friendly, like bringing in all this technology isn't good for the world in terms of like all the waste, e-waste that we experience. But like, what can we look that, what about it is good is that we don't have to travel. I travel a lot and I always think about that. It's like, I need to just stay in one spot and deal with my stuff and also know that it's, it can be done from anywhere at this point. Yeah. I mean, I've been thinking about that a lot. Like I'm, I obviously am visiting LA right now and this week that I've been here, I've packed so full of yeah. like, since I'm here, I'm going to see all the people I can see and I'm going to go to do all the meetings and I've had no alone time, which is nice. You know, it's not, it's good to 
distract yourself from your yeah. own shit. You yeah, know? totally. But ultimately it's like tomorrow when I get on the plane, it's all going to bubble up again. And it's like, you're, you're running from yourself, you know? I know. And I think I'm someone who, and I, I've obviously you do a lot too. Um, someone who tends to overschedule and I, I mm-hmm. find myself that I'm a time optimist. So like, I'm like, okay, if I have something at 10, that means I can leave at nine and I can get all this done before. And it's like, really, I could same. maybe get the one thing done. Yeah. So I'm trying to be a time pessimist. Mm-hmm failing Mm -hmm. but I had a friend my friend Abby told me that that would be a good thing for me and (laughs) I love Abby (laughs) yeah I I don't know her but I love the verbiage I love all of it I know I know I feel like it's it's something that I think as women and, and not everyone is like this I know people who are good at slowing our mutual friend Carolina I feel like she's good at I think having kids probably like, did, was that helpful for you Very, for slowing? Yeah. It forces you, I mean, right? I literally haven't worked out in like nine months since, or I guess like he's 10 months now. So maybe a year I haven't worked out in a year. And like before my husband would be terrified, even if we were on a trip and I didn't get in a run, he'd be like, no, Nikki needs to go on her run or else like, we don't want to hang out with her. Right. Like, I would be so, I was so type a with the, my workouts. And it feels so good to not be like that. Obviously, I love moving and I'll like go on walks and stuff. But totally, having kids definitely You're helps. Not that you just it. you can't control anything. Yeah. And like I'm such a control freak. Same. I that feel like we're really very good. similar. We have similar, similar neuroses. Yeah, like we met <laughs> better at or worse. the fullest launch. <laughs> yeah, of. I don't, one of our issues. Yeah. Yeah. A while ago. And then, and it was through that Jordan. That was like almost three years ago. Yeah. It was at the panel that like, oh my God, everything that could go wrong at that panel had gone wrong that day. But then you had come because I was interviewing that Jordan. Went right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we met and then you came to the, yeah. to the launch and then you met Carolina mm-hmm. or I don't know. There was something that happened. Like there, Kimberly came mm-hmm. and gave a talk and through the questions that you asked, I just knew that we were very similar and that, I don't know, it wasn't even the one thing you asked, the way that you asked it. I was like, oh, I totally get this girl. And that's how I felt about you. Yeah. Yeah. But you remind me, I was going to tell you about this before you started recording, but you remind me of someone I went to high school with in oh. the most cozy way of like, Aww. you know, when someone reminds you of someone else, yeah. you're like, I feel closer to you than I even am. Yeah, Like we totally. haven't spent that much time together, but I'm like, oh, we could like travel together yeah like, for and sure be chill. <laughs> I know I want to hear more about your breakup though that you were just okay. telling me about because <laughs> was it the same so was this boyfriend that supported you into like starting to blog and doing all no, that the different same? Boyfriend. okay so that was my college boyfriend and we broke up and that was Nothing that, oh my God, I shouldn't (laughs) say that. That was nothing. (laughs) Compared to this, it was nothing. I was also much younger, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm now like close to 30. And back then I was, you know, essentially a child. Do you feel like that at the, looking back at my early twenties, that's how I feel. Uh, And that person was so wonderful and so supportive. And in this last relationship, this is like super recent and vulnerable and raw and, I've never experienced heartbreak like this. Um, and I had to talk about it on the podcast. Actually, this has to do with you in a funny way. What? So as I was going through this, like as I was really, this was unfolding, 
I don't know if you remember this, but you and the team reached out to me to write something about love for Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh. And interview Lacey about love. That's so funny. So I was like, of course, yeah. But literally at the same time, my actual relationship is breaking up. It was the hardest thing ever that I've ever, I mean, still is. Like Mm -hmm. I'm really like, this is the, the, like I've never really felt heartbreak before and Mm -hmm. been this low. And I feel like there's, a richness. I'm someone who has depression and I'm someone who hasn't really talked about that in my work, but because, so I wrote that, that article. And then I eventually was like, I'm going to have to talk about this on the podcast. I'm just going to have to rip the bandaid off because essentially like, you know, he would like be in the intros with me and I would like mention my boyfriend. I was just like, it's just going to be. And also these podcasts are such a, and I'm sure you feel the same way. There's such a mirror into what I'm experiencing at that moment. Mm -hmm what I'm experiencing at that moment. And so, you know, seven years ago I was asking questions like, you know, how many chia seeds do you put in that smoothie? And like, so controlling. And and now I'm like, I couldn't give a shit about that. But I want to know, like, how did you move through heartbreak and how are you feeling being a person and what's your relationship advice? And, you know, or whatever I'm there, I've grown up on the internet essentially over these We've done nearly 300 of them. And so... 300 podcasts? How often does it come out? Weekly. But I've done wow. it for like seven years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So so anyway, you know, and I'm starting to forget people I've talked to because it's just so many. Yeah. Like when I was in Paris, actually, somebody was reading a book and I was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, I interviewed her. And I like just little things of like, I, I, wow. I'm starting to forget. But anyway, the this... The, uh, what I'll say about this heartbreak is that I'm still super in it and navigating, talking about my depression and talking about this has been useful because it feels like this isn't a feeling that feels so isolating and so lonely, but also it's something that everyone's felt. I know. And it's what people make art about and write songs about and writing about it and making art about it feels cathartic, but it's also feels close. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It's something I know there's richness to it is as dark and bleak as it can be. Mm -hmm. Do you communicate with your ex? It's like a whole long story. (laughs) There's a long, okay. Yeah. I'll tell you, but not really. No, it's like a really, um, I've been saying about it. It's very emotionally bloody. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But before you never spoke about your depression or you never spoke up. Not about really. It. And I, how is it now, um, mentioning it or talking about it? Do people reach out? Yeah. I think, you know, it's something that when you have a tendency towards melancholy and I, ever since I was a kid, I had this, I, it's my brain, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I talked for years and I've written essays about this and I, I wrote a particular essay a couple of years ago, before my book, several years ago, before my book came out, I think it was 2015 for Refinery29 about my eating disorder mm-hmm. and something called, I didn't even know this was the thing, but when this essay came out, the Daily Mail wrote about it and Teen Vogue wrote about it and the headline was anorexia nostalgia. Mm. And I didn't even realize that that was a thing, but basically it's about when you have recovered from an eating disorder, it's looking back at old pictures of yourself or remembering how controlling you are and feeling like, Oh man, I wish I could be there now, even wow. though you know how unhappy you are, yeah. and how, but it's your mind. Because what I believe about eating disorders is that, and the reason I brought this up into depression, it's like, for me, it was an outward expression 
of an inward struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, it was what I experienced in my mind and I've experienced since I was a kid. Nobody can really see unless mm-hmm. I talk about. And you've you know me and you've met me and is and from the internet, you know, I'm this like sparkly, shiny yeah. person all the time. And so my eating disorder was and that's how I grew up with people like that. That's just like you know, I'm Midwestern. It's like, you work really hard, you put on a good face and you show up no matter what. And I can do that, but I feel like I can almost do that to a fault. And so I feel like maybe subconsciously, this is something I'm just like unpacking recently is like, I feel like my eating disorder was this outward showcase of cry for help. And anyway, what I believe about eating disorders is that they're active or inactive, like being an alcoholic. And I think when circumstances come up that are challenging, like a breakup, like a shift in a job, like a move. And for me, I'm having them all at once. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it's, it's really destabilizing and it, and it brings up different things. And so, you know, my depression is kind of this gentle home, but it was really activated by so much change in my life at once. And I think ultimately that's what, what led to the topic of the column I've been writing Mm -hmm. for you guys, because I was writing an essay for you every single month. And it was about, something tender, Mm -hmm. a story that was, and this is, you know, kind of what my work, the new phase that I was telling you about that it's launching into is about this because people were resonating with the topics that I was writing with you guys. And essentially we realized that there was like a theme and it's transitions and it's change and it's, you know, our twenties are messy and Mm -hmm. they're intense and there's highs and lows. And people don't really talk about it. I feel like, I mean, just now more and more people, but it's like, you go to school and you go to school up until a certain time. I mean, some people extend it, but most people, maybe it's maybe for the majority of the world, it's not even high school, but like, okay, for our mm-hmm. generation or our, where we live, it's college, right? Yeah. Yet you're undergrad. And then you don't know what to do with yourself. Cause you never really thought past that. Right. And then like, for me, I, I was like, I want to be in wellness, but what is that? I studied business. I mean, I have the most general education. How do I do this? And I kind of created my path, but I still, I was going to school in Oregon. So my transition was, I went to, my husband and I have been together since I was, we were in high school, but we grew up here in Southern California and moved to Oregon. And when I decided to come back, I went there because my parents were getting a divorce. Mm. So it was a transition that was really difficult for me. And yeah. I was able to like, just let leave. Yep. And then when I came home, that was when I was like, wait, I thought all my problems were gone. Like I had an eating disorder in high school. I thought I didn't have one anymore, but really I came home and all of those things came back and it's exactly like what you just said. Wherever you go, there you are. Exactly. And it's because of the point in my life where I was in this transition, I wasn't happy. Things started coming back up. I mean, I also was having a lot of health issues, but it was because of my emotional state and like my eating disorder somewhat came back. And I was like, what? I'm a yoga instructor. I, I'm a vegan. Like I don't have an eating disorder. I can't you know, I had bulimia and why is this coming up? And it wasn't until I really like just became vulnerable and found a a doctor to really help me. And it wasn't a doctor helping me with my eating disorder. It was a doctor helping me with my emotional issues with my childhood and with so many things that I was able to overcome those things. But this topic of transitions is so important. And for me, it was transition in my twenties and 
that was so difficult. I mean, I'm still in my twenties, but I'm 29 and like next week, but, um, happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Thanks. I'm sure you're, yeah. what, when's your, Oh, April. you just had it. Yeah. April, April 30th. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think it's so important to discuss and get into yeah. and share our problems because I mean, if you're going to be a person on the internet, just, you know, share a lot of it and I mean, you don't have to, but I think once there's something to be said about sharing something when you're going through it and I don't know, or sharing it when you're out of it. I think sometimes when you've processed something, maybe it's nicer, but, um, but sometimes maybe when it's like you're in it and you're dealing with it and other people can relate to that too and not feel as alone. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the protocol. Yeah. Of what, how to be a person, honestly, and when to share. And I think yeah. there's a level of like, you don't want to talk about something from a really messy place because I think that could, you'll say Trigger things that, or- yeah. And I, I just think that that doesn't do anyone any favors, mm-hmm. but I also, what I love about the fullest and what I love about the writing that I do is I'm not, I think we both have been in a similar situation with wellness and particularly self-help that you know, I read Healing My Eating Disorder originally. I read every diet book you could read. I, know, I did all yeah. the things. Mm-hmm. And what I realized is that ultimately all of those protocols are what worked for that person and we're all really different. And I believe that stress is worse than anything that you could put in your mouth. So to just live, we have so few sensory pleasures in this world. So to deny ourselves any of them because of a you know, unless you're getting like extremely sick, but in, because of a test or because of this person said it or because it worked for that person, that's great. But I think ultimately we're so different that that doesn't work. Yeah. And I think with self-help and emotional help and mental health, it's the same thing. We've both read every self-help book, every spiritual book under the sun. And I love them as much as the next guy, but I'm sick of, you know, I even wrote a self-help book, but even that it's, you know, it's like a recipe book to get into the inside of your mind. They're all journaling exercises because first of all, I wrote that book when I was 25 years old, I hadn't lived enough life to write a memoir, much less a prescriptive memoir or a self-help book, because I feel like the wisest people I know, and I know you're very close with your grandparents, they or they really impacted you. Our the older generation yeah. is really what we should be learning from. Yeah. Our I ancestors agree. with food, with life, with everything. Yeah. And so I think there are so many self-help people and coaches and this and that. And I think that that's great, but I don't want to be another one of them. And I that's know. what let it out is about letting out. We're, we're launching this new thing at all around soft stories. So essentially what the stories I write for the fullest are me not saying that I'm the guru, I've made it to the other side because I'm not, and I never will be. I don't think any of us will be. And I think the more we grow, we are the older we get, you know, I think I'll be the most fulfilled and know myself the most right before I die, because that's why we're here as people is to get to know ourselves and then share what we learn. And hopefully that helps other people, but it might just be entertaining or make people feel less alone. And that's essentially what I want all of my work to do through what I do with you guys, through what I do on my own is to make people feel less alone because I've been helped by stories of other people. Mm -hmm. And so with the transition and just pivot in general, like how are you helping people do that? Well, 
wouldn't it be great if we learned from success and easy things yeah. in life? Yeah. But like, I think the way the world is wired is that we learn from challenging things, failure, having our feelings hurt, someone not texting us back, heartbreak, rejection. Yeah. Like that's where we learn. That's where the richness is. And I don't like, have you ever learned from something going really well? You're just like, okay, cool. You learn more basic. Yeah, I agree. You learn more through the tough stuff. And I think yeah. it's sad because I think you should be able to learn through the good stuff. I know. Too. I just don't think we're wired that way. I think the good stuff's great and it keeps us going and it gives us momentum. But I think growth as humans comes from messy things. It yeah. comes from change. And that's what like pivot this column we're working on together. It's about all of us have gone moving is messy. Yeah. Money and navigating that is messy. And these are the themes I'm talking about, you know, breakups and friendship and all of these things moving, which we talked about, like facing yourself in general. Yeah, yeah. We're really, I'll speak for myself. I'm really bad at being uncomfortable mm -hmm. and we want to go to the easy thing. We want to go to the comfortable thing. It's like what we were talking about before with starting a podcast or like, Oh, there's a lot to do with that. I'm just not going to do it because yeah. it's, it's uncomfortable and change it, learning a new skill. It's uncomfortable to like not know how to do it and have to teach yourself. And I think that's where the richness comes. That's where the growth comes. And man, it's really hard to be a person. So it's I need really to, hard. and I'm someone who clearly needs to talk about it all yeah. the time. Yeah. And, and so that's how writing is, is useful for me. It always has been. And you're such an incredible writer that you, you. like, it'd be a shame if you didn't do that. That's so nice. Thank yeah. you. And thank you for giving me a, a platform to share my work. And thank I, you. I love, I, we couldn't be more aligned with what we're trying to do in the world. So to be able to work with you in that way and, it's just, it's cool to collaborate with people that I love. It really is. And I'm yeah. super excited for other things that we've been talking know, about potentially collaborating on. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the new Let It Out. And just yeah. before we finish up, I want to hear more about that. Let It Out 2.0. I'm so mm -hmm. excited. I think you're actually really going to like it. I'm, I'm, I know I will. So I've been where I was telling Nikki while she was making my saffron latte, <laughs> which is so good. I, Which is a really good mood lifter, by the way. Ooh, it's I've, working. It really helps with like postpartum too. So oh, it helps great. with other things. Yeah. I was great. Then I really need it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I was, at, I had a moment of like, oh shoot, is this bad that I'm, I'm saying we're not drinking matcha. We're actually drinking oh, no. it. Um, we like matcha yeah. too. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so the let it out 2.0, we'll call it. I have been working on for over a year and it's an extension of the work that I normally do with my podcast, but I wanted to tell stories in different ways. So I want more writing and voices of other people because I'm one white straight woman living in New York that's 29 years old, yeah. you know, and I want to hear from other people and yeah. I want to hear from especially younger people. I have this team of interns who are younger than me and teach me so much. And yeah. also I want to hear from older people because they teach me so much. One of my best friends is in her fifties and she's like this second mom, wonderful human being who was an herbalist before it was cool and an art teacher and just I feel like there's so much wisdom from people of different generations. Yeah. And so I want to share, I want to let that out. And so let it out is all about letting out what I was telling you, soft stories. So these are these tender, vulnerable, real stories that 
make people feel less alone when told, require presence and vulnerability when told because it's scary. It's mm-hmm. scary for you to sit here and tell me something that you were embarrassed about or had shame about. But when you do and I say me too or I relate, that bonds us, that yeah. binds us, that like we'll remember that forever. And so I'm sure you've had this experience and I've definitely had this experience where someone's said something vulnerable and I've felt seen and I've related and and same on the other end of that. So I want to essentially with this new platform, tell those stories in the form of live events and magazine of sorts and online and eventually have some sort of tactile component to it and bringing people together. I'm just going to let it grow with my work. That's what it's been since I started. And I think what's weird about doing something on the internet, and I'd love to talk to you about this more. It's such a malleable, interesting place where what works, you constantly have to pivot. Always, (laughs) always finding, and, and it keeps you on your toes and it keeps you going. And that's, I always sit and think like, if I didn't have the fullest, if I wasn't doing this, what would I be doing? Because I love it so much. I like thrive off of it. And even navigating motherhood while doing it, it's like a whole nother level that I never thought. I'm like, I don't think I can have another kid. We want to, but I'm just like, I don't know how it'll fit, but it'll fit. Um, It always does. It's like that quote of like, you, the amount of work stretches to the time that you have. And just how love grows, I think like every day my love grows for my family and the people that I work with, like, it's just, I think your work does too, if you love it, you know, your, um, your, what your, the, what word am I thinking of? Like, I'm capable of more. Yeah. I don't know. There was a word for it, but well, that's the best way of putting it. maybe it's this, our mutual friend, who's like my best friend in New York, Carolina, her word of the year this year is potential. Yeah. And our birthdays are a week apart. And I was having a really tough day on my birthday, which ironically, I wrote an article for the fullest about birthdays. Yeah. But she said, you got to think about potential this year. I love her. And I think that's kind of the word you're looking for. Like when you do something that's unknown, it's uncomfortable, but you lean into thinking about what would happen if it did go well, because Mm -hmm. I think as someone who has anxiety and depression, but especially anxiety, anxiety is essentially obsessing about what could go wrong. It's worry in a very simple form. So if you focus on potential, that's like the opposite of anxiety. I love that. I think that's so neat. That was so needed for me at this moment. Like before we sat down to talk today before you walked in through the door I was going through so much this morning um just personally with like family stuff and and just trying to figure out and navigate like my familial relationships and um and yeah I, I just I was going back and forth on an email thread and David was like just take a minute though and it's true like what you're saying the potent there's still potential there and instead of like totally engaging with it maybe taking a moment and pivoting from my stance on it and like seeing another perspective even I mean the little pivots like that we take throughout our day and the overall pivots that we take in a lifetime I mean it's there like you were saying you're constantly pivoting and yeah. tuning into that and seeing and refining that, that's like, yeah, where it's I mean, at, where we learn from. Yeah. And that like for the fullest, I'm writing about pivoting and I'm writing about this in the perspective of our twenties because 
you, that's all that that's the only reference point I have, which mm-hmm. is that this is a challenging decade and I'm learning a lot. But hopefully when we're I'll probably be writing about this about the 70s. So you know, know I'll be yeah. like you know, remember Nikki? We'll like have our canes yeah. and I'll be here and like, so I've got this new column. She's right. Like, yeah. I'm sh- I guarantee you we learn in every decade. Yeah. This is just the first one. I know. And so I kind of feel like, you know, when you're a teenager, you're kind of a cartoon character of yourself because you feel everything for the first time, also hormones. And mm-hmm. I think your twenties are just a second adolescence that, you know, you're not told as an adolescence, you're told you have to be an adult. So it's even more complicated. And I'm sure I'll still be writing something about pivoting in my thirties and forties and hopefully till I die. You yeah. Know? Oh my gosh. It's so true. And maybe it's... it'll get easier and maybe I won't want to write it. Hopefully there'll be less content to write. I, I think there's always going to be content. Eric's grandma is, um, her, she's 80, eight or 89 years old and she's with it. And so we have all these amazing conversations and she is just like, you know, I just go to a lot of funerals and I go, I mean, she keeps herself busy, but then when she says those things, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need like a, a group of friends that I can talk to forever about these things. Cause my grandma, she, she just passed away recently, but she gave herself to her family, 100%. Everything was work and family and she didn't have any friends. And so I think it's important and we're yeah. always going to learn. And we learn from our elders, like you were saying, and also we'll learn from our friends at that age. And we're always, our the landscape is always changing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, it's funny because with our amazing editor, Lindsay and you, I sent in all of the pitches that I'm doing for this column. And I don't even know if you remember this, but a big theme of four of them is about friendship mm-hmm. as an adult and navigating that. And the other one is about there's one pitch is that I'm writing about losing grandparents because it's a thing yes. that is likely to happen in your 20s. And yeah. that relationship is, you know, really interesting and impactful and it's very different from parents. And, so you different. know, I also have divorced parents and it's, it's complicated. And so I think navigating that wisdom that comes with friendship and family and, work it's it's complicated and you're you're learning how to be the person you're going to be for the rest of your life in your in your 20s and 30s wow so amazing well thank you so much for joining me today and coming all the way it was a big big ride for you so I really really appreciate you you just taking the time I know you're super busy and it was so wonderful to just meet in person and I'm looking forward to being on your podcast when I come to New York it's gonna be great this fall and Yeah. yeah It'll be really fun. But thank you for joining us and for trying this Afro Latte on Morning Could we do an actual, cheers. Cheers. Could we do an actual podcast just on how great this is? Oh my gosh. Well, I'll tell you all the benefits in the next podcast. Oh, great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's so good. I'm, I'm in. (laughs) If it helps with depression, I mean. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. (laughs) Thank Mm. you. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a comment or review, and share with your friends. I'm always reading our comments and love hearing from you, so keep in touch, and I'll see you next time.